Hey, hey y'all, it's Kristen and Christine from, from The Takeover. Takeover. We're growing and loving the engagement via social media and through our audio platforms. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's hashtag The Takeover with Kristen and Christine. Listen, rate, and comment on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at The Takeover CC to join the conversation. Now let's get into the episode. You are now tuned into the, the takeover, takeover with Kristen, Christine, and Kalila. It's our Mother's Day edition. And I know some of you all are going to be like, well, Mother's Day was two weeks ago, so y'all ate. But you know, we love to love up on our moms, um, and Kalila Webster has been a phenomenal mother, um, and, and you know, just an amazing presence and influence to mm-hmm. us as we have come back to New York City and have been reacquainting ourselves. She has been um, like literally a driving force and influence, um, just seeing... All the amazing things you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about a year that we've known her because we now yesterday marks one year since we graduated from college right. and then started being on the circuit with uh, DJ Relly Rel as he's been doing a lot of work with Kalila, namely on Urban Block Party, right. which Kalila yeah. will talk a lot more on. Um, but it's just lovely to have um, a maternal figure in the room with us. Um, we talk a lot about mothers on this show. That's We've been right. talking about them, so it's great to have one amongst us to shed a light on what it means to be a mother, but also what it means to be in media and what it means to have black girl magic and what it means to be a lover of music and how you bring that to the kids, you know? I think that that's just lovely because I think that's definitely an inspiration for both myself and Kristen as we think about what it is that we want to do in the industry, what is it that we want to share with others, um, how do we want to take what we know um, and sort of help the future generations, you know? Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Kristen and Christine. I I appreciate all your wonderful words (laughs) and expressions. Everything is great. I'm so excited for you all. I can't believe it's been a year, but wow. <laughs> right. I feel like I've known you guys for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So. Can so, you tell us a little bit about um, your multiple business ventures and um, and a little bit about yourself? Yes. Okay. Well, I am born in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, <laughs> born and bred. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I absolutely love Brooklyn, love New York City. And that's the reason why um, I wanted to start my my first business. I actually started my first business uh, right out of college. So I was like you guys. And um, it was a performing arts center. And I did it in the area where I grew up in. I grew up in the Brownsville, Canarsie, East New York area. And um, I wanted to kind of give back to the young kids that was there. I had a great opportunity to actually go to high school outside of my community and um which which allowed me to have some really great experiences and to learn just different things um 
And that was just different from what I was used to, what I was seeing that was like in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to kind of not only share those experiences, but also bring it back into the community so that the young kids can kind of get a glimpse of what that looks like. Right. If they can't, for whatever reason, if they can't get off the block, if they just, if their parents haven't allowed them to kind of see outside of, you know, Brownsville or Canarsie, that, you know, we'll be able to kind of do that. So I opened up a performing arts center. Mm-hmm. It was called Town of Purpose. That was my mm-hmm. first business. And I had it for seven years. I had a business partner. We both went to LaGuardia High School for the performing arts. So my background was in theater and her background was in dance. We were, uh, we both were graduates at Brooklyn College. So we started our first business on Mm. campus. And we were like, this is what we're going to do. And she lived in Canarsie. I lived in Brownsville, but like the borderline. So that's why we wanted to have a perfect place right in between, which Mm. we wound up having our own center. And we service over 500 kids like we had you know i still have all of the girls the young girls that started with us when we were then when they were like nine years old they're 22 23 graduating from college doing wonderful amazing things and um, we still have a relationship with them so it's it's great to kind of see the young people that you've um influence or had some sort of impact or you know help them along the way and to see where they are now so that was my first business unfortunately in 2009 we had to close it down um it it was like the uh what happened um it was the I would say the big bubble kind of burst. The burst. Mm-hmm. The, the recession. The recession it right. took Shout everything. Out to that. Including creativity, which is mind boggling. Right. Exactly. You know? Literally taking education, um, arts education out of classrooms exactly. to fund specific, to, to fund the math and the sciences and the more standardized versions of education. It was sad because we, we really had, we had something there. The kids were really learning just more than about the art of, you know, maybe acting or dance, but they were learning um, how to express themselves mm-hmm. through that form of art, mm-hmm. um, that artistic form. So right. unfortunately, we we didn't we were two black young women who really didn't have the experience of running a business. So we didn't know. People kept saying, there's money out there. There's mm-hmm. funding out there. And we're like, where? where? Yeah. Where is it? Like, <laughs> Literally. No one is where? Right. Young, you know, Still you guys to this day, me. 2018. Really? Where? Find me the money. Yes. <laughs> and it's so difficult for us. And I felt like I felt like we were like trapped. I was like, wow, this is, this is not good. Like, we're really mm-hmm. trying to do good for the community. Right. And you're telling me that we can't even sustain and keep our business, our door open Mm -hmm. so we had to close our business in 2009 at the time I myself and my business partner we both you know got married we were starting our families and now we're like kicking into the 27 28 year old um, bracket and we're like oh my goodness what is life gonna be like Like, Mm -hmm. what's going on with us and we didn't know when we started our business we were like your age we were like literally I was like 22 Mm -hmm. when I started our first we're 22 people literally act like that's like the strangest thing ever somebody asked us yesterday and they were like, how old are you? And we both said in chorus, 22. 22. And they were like, <laughs> hashtag step back, lean back. Lean back. <laughs> lean back. <laughs> but Khalila been doing this. Yeah. Okay. 22. Like, but it's it's doable. So yeah. like when you see me, it's not like, oh, well, you know, she had this or she did this. And no, it's doable. And, you know, just because our first business or my first business didn't last for 20, 30 years, didn't mean, doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want 
it didn't mean that like I, I was a, a failure. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I took whatever I learned from those seven years that we had our first business. And I was like, okay, let me see how I can improve on my next business. How, how can I right. take all of the things that I've learned and be able to perfect it or do better in my next business? And that's mm-hmm. what I did. So 2009, we, I closed down the first uh, my first business. I was in a funk. Like I literally was in a funk. Um, Derek, my husband, he was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> my business is a failure. And like I was literally in the bed for like three months and um, trying to figure out what I was going to do. So, um, but it was good because I needed that time. I needed that time to reflect. I needed that time to kind of figure out and think like, okay, problem solve. Okay, what what else can I do? Right. My background in college was um, I started out as theater. Then I switched my major. Then I was doing speech language pathology, switched my major. <laughs> and then I ended off um, doing um, broadcasting and journalism, So, which was great. And, um, and that's where, that's where I got my degree in. But, um, my whole thing is, is that I I tried to, um, try to figure out what was my next step. So my husband, he had mentioned to me, he said, you know what? I have, I have my business that I'm, that I started. He had started Open Door Arts and Education Project like a couple of years prior. It's funny that you, cause you were saying about the doors being like struggling to keep the doors open of Town of Purpose. So I was immediately going to be like, but you guys still have open doors. Mm. Boom, boom. <laughs> segue hashtag segue <laughs> and we do so that was that was a blessing so he came to me he was like oh i want you to be my partner i was like what mm-hmm. i was like you are literally this is like a highway to like is divorce. that scary to have a business with i was husband? literally thinking <laughs> that thinking i was right? like okay because because that means you have to tie your lives together you know like not only marriage but now it's like business that's the money part of it so i'm wondering like how does that what is that conversation like well, let me tell you something. The experience has been really life um, changing for me because it's nothing like getting money with your ride or die, like with mm-hmm. your partner and, you know, creating opportunity with your partner. Like we're in the thick of it all. Like there yeah. are times there were times I'm telling you, like. And this is before uh, I have to tell you, like there were times when all of our accounts was like in the negative. And we were like, oh, my goodness. We literally had our son. He was a baby. Um, and then before we even decided to even have um, Kaylin, and we were like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Like, this is not good. I was like, we can't we can't survive like this. But he literally, um, he opened up. He said, listen, I want you to do this with me. And mm-hmm. at first I was, I, w- I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But then he was like, no, I can't do this without you. And when he said that, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's baby. real sweet. You can't do this without <laughs> <laughs> You know? But also, it's like, he sees my worth. Like, right. these are my strengths that right, marry with right, his. And right. we can make some moolala. So. And that was that's And also what he help. Said. And also help the community. Right. Which, mm-hmm. I, which ultimately, like, having been able to experience a couple of urban black parties and then for Kristen to also be able to experience, like, you all are impacting children in such amazing ways so if you could speak a lot about like even that more so about urban black party how did it start yes and where is it right now right so 
so Open Door Arts and Education Project is, is the actual company. We're a contracted with the Department of Education. And we go into different schools in New York City and we facilitate programs. Programs where that some of the schools may not actually be able to teach them. So when it comes to technology, what are the latest and hottest technology? We have a great partnership with Microsoft. So we're going into the schools and we're having the kids code and develop programming for AR and VR. Which is really important. And the AR and VR meaning yeah, augmented, augmented reality, reality and, and virtual reality. reality. Yep. Yes. So the um, dope stuff that yeah. everybody be working with, you know. Hashtag your Snapchat filters, you know, guys. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that's everything. So the thing is, is like we're trying to prepare the young, the, the next generation for what the future jobs are going to look like, what the 21st century jobs are going to look like. To not only use the technology, but to make it themselves as exactly. well. Exactly. Right. Not to be consumers, but to be producers. Mm-hmm. So that's our main focus and so we have our technology our entrepreneurship we also have media classes that we teach as well and of course we always incorporate the arts so Mm -hmm. that's important and so from that we wanted to create something that was going to be like the entryway into what we do so i wanted to do something that was going to be live and fun and creative and like an assembly program right. back in the day assembly Assem- programs assembly. remember remember assembly programs oh, you had to wear a white shirt i don't know if you all remember but i remember in my school yes. we had to wear a white shirt like a blue a dark blue or black jeans and you know you had to be Perform. there and it was, yeah it was really it was dreadful yeah dreadful yeah. it was boring sitting there for mad long right. listening to somebody from the community come and talk about something <laughs> that you have no business about right. <laughs> you're just sitting there so we wanted to make it fun and interactive so that's where the urban block party came in mm-hmm. um i wanted to create something that was going to be really fun interactive where the kids can kind of it can be relatable bring in a dj why not have a dj a right. dj is something that we all kind of like vibe to that mm-hmm. is the culture um, that's the culture right so bring in a dj bring in performers something different from to break them out of their everyday routine right that in the school but in addition to that it's still going to be educating you know we're going to come in there uh, we have a it's a movement you know so we focus on anti-bullying uh, we want to kind of bring light to what bullying does in the schools and just outside of schools cyberbullying mm-hmm. things so of that so the same nature. technology that you're teaching them about during those extra initiative classrooms you're also telling them about how not to use those in negative ways through the bullying right through about yeah through yeah. the bullying so that's important so that's the platform that we have and we always say our platform is is, is the 3 Ms mm-hmm. it's the it's the music because you got to have the music that's a part of the culture. 3Ms. 3Ms. Right, 3Ms. <laughs> it's the music, it's the movement, and it's the message. Mm. So we have a message mm. that is a part of it. And I think that that's, that's the takeaway that we want all of the kids. They're going to have fun. They're going to jump around. They're going to, you know, meet different people. But we want them to take away a message. And a message is, you know, of empowerment, um, being inspired, of hope. You know, we just had an Urban Block Party on Monday. And literally, we had had this young lady who performed and um she was singing the song i rise uh with um what's i rise up no not Mm -hmm. um what's her name i can't even remember yolanda not no um well i'll i'll figure out the song and i'll Mm. come back to it but she had two young ladies in tears in tears i saw that on instagram she was touched right i was like wow yeah because you don't even know what these kids are going going through and then you you literally provide the platform where you're giving them a concert so you're giving them joy you're bringing that to 
their schools. Some of these schools have like metal detectors. You know, you got to walk through, and it feels like your pre- is preparation for incarceration. You know, mm-hmm. um, and standardized so testing to, that the kids are going through is trying to predict how many prison cells they're gonna right. build within the next five, ten years. And so, so for you to like literally create, you to to bring joy to them, and also to bring hope, like you said, it's like pretty inspirational. And I I must say like. Even as a, a student that hasn't experienced um, a student as in like a elementary or junior high school or high school student, because I feel like I'm always a student to, and willing to learn so much more. But um, haven't experienced, haven't, haven't had experienced that as a student. Um, I still find inspiration in you. One, because um, even as you talked about like being a, um, a young business owner um, and Christine and I literally trying to do the same things. The three M's. I'm just saying it's like matching up. Alignment. We're, we're music, media, and magic. Alignment. You know? Alignment. So I just feel Alignment. like it's, it's all um we see why you are like the the mother that we wanted to highlight in this Aww. um this edition. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 alignment, just like how you said, you know, I, and I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize, I forgot that you guys were 22. <laughs> and I was like, the same time, I was like, that's the same time I was starting my business. And yeah, the, the, the three M's and it's, it's amazing. And like you said, like the kids, they really enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. they just have a great time and it's something that they can talk about. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, I'm forward. I'm always about like forward thinking like forward mm-hmm. movement like what can we do what can we how can we make it better right you know um so that's one aspect of my business and um so you asked me like all the different types of things that i do yeah i have my hands in a lot of jars yes, <laughs> sometimes multiple streams, multiple streams which is really important oh, we for that. business women to yes. understand you have to have multiple streams of income and um people's like well how do you manage all of that I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, about she's gonna it. drop the gems. <laughs> drop the gems. <laughs> but um, I also teach entrepreneurship with our other company, Vanguard Consulting Group. Um, we actually have clients that we work with, and we kind of handle their PR, um, their marketing strategy, their um, uh, media strategy. Um, in addition to helping them raise funds, things of that nature, we have a great, I have a great team of people that work with us. Um, sometimes it looks like it's just myself and my business partner, Derek, but it's not. We have some really dope individuals that come on board and they help and they assist and, you know, so I wouldn't be able to do it without them. But I also teach entrepreneurship for the city of New York as well um, through the Fast Track program, through the SBA. Um, the SBS small business services so which is amazing and we got a chance to teach between Derek and I we've taught over like 5,000 entrepreneurs in New York City alone and then um, I found myself going back to my roots uh, with broadcasting and journalism like literally about four years ago and I came on board to work with Coco Fab um, CocoFab.com and um, at first I kind of left it alone for a while because I was so focused on business but um, you know when something is meant for you is meant for you if it's a calling on your life that's just what it is so literally I got myself back into that and that wasn't it wasn't easy but what I realized is that perception is everything mm-hmm. people they now nowadays people look at you and they kind of see like okay well what's your social media look like mm-hmm. how many followers do you have and you know what are you doing and who do you know and everything and I'm like okay I, I'm really not that's not the age that I kind of grew up with everything mm-hmm. was always organic you had right. to hustle and you had to do things right um, but you know just trying to kind of navigate that whole social media and trying to figure out how I look I was like you know what let me just 
be true and authentic to who I am and let me just have this be organic mm -hmm. and that's what I did with Coco Fab I was very thorough very organic um, I got a chance to work with um, Shelly Jones Jennings and um, Angela Burt Murray um, two wonderful powerful women that are in the media industry and um, I kind of went under their wings but they kind of was like go ahead and fly do you <laughs> and, um, and you did it very well <laughs> yes. yes and I was able to take the comp their company Coco Fab to a, uh, to a lot of different levels so I'm excited about that and now I'm embarking on my own media platform still doing things in media speaking um, at different conferences and just lending my words of advice so mm -hmm. you know that's just what it is I'll just brag for you a little bit um, mm -hmm. because I feel like in those four years, you've taken yourself to a level that many people would not have seen, you know, and I think that's due to like going back to your roots and understanding what's for you is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have private screenings, um, at own network. Okay, the we have own, interviews Oprah. with Tamar Braxton, the Tamar, the Tamar, <laughs> Tamar Braxton. Braxton. Um, we have, um, you know, press events at Viacom for being Mary Jane. We have, um, interviews on Radio 103.9. You literally are everywhere. You are like, the Kalila Webster. The, the <laughs> Kalila. R&B Divas. Oh my God, did you watch R&B Divas? Yes. That was my show. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So you've been like, you've been everywhere and it's very yeah. impressive. And for you, I didn't know it was only four years that you really got back into it. So that to me is yeah. just Which then I guess powerful. The question to go back to like connecting that to Urban Black Party, a lot of people have seen things in you um, which have allowed you to you know, do the things that you're doing, how are you able to see the talent and the creativity in those that you put on that stage? Because right. it's one thing for you to do a, a showcase that's, you know, a, a secular showcase that's on a Friday or even a Thursday evening um, to get some um, a, a couple of upcoming artists to display their work. It's another thing to bring those same type of artists into a place with children you know considering that you have your own children mm -hmm. um sometimes the urban black party goes to your children's schools or even if they don't you're going to talk to somebody's kids and mm -hmm. you're trying to spread a certain message so i know that there's a lot of facets to that but i guess the overall question is what do you see in people when when you're looking for that talent what are the things that stand out for you to say I right. want you in front of kids. Yeah, this is the I artist. I want you to be the host. the host. I yeah. want you to be the, the artist. DJ. I want you to be the DJ on. And then how do you expand to scale to allow for you to have a plethora of artists, but that they're the tightest artists that you have? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of ladies to the question, mm. <laughs> but I got it. Um, I am very keen and I don't like to get like spiritual about things, but I am very, and maybe I can just do it for a more simpler way. Um, I'm all about energy and vibe. When I meet people, I literally have to have like, it has to be some sort of energy that's connecting us, something that I can, you know, we can like vibe together. Um, and I'm very good on those things. You can call it discernment. You mm -hmm. can call it on that. I can meet someone and, you know, ask Relly, ask, you know, Kevin and even Derek. I'm like, mm, I'm not I'm not feeling that person. I don't think I, I don't want that person to come back, you know, or, or even if, if I didn't meet them prior and then they come on the show and I'm like, I don't know. But if I meet them prior, I literally need to kind of, and that's, that's the first thing, you know, then, um, after that, then I'm looking for, I'm, I'm always looking for the, um, the, the, the potential 
of that artist or that mm-hmm. person. So it's like what you have right there is great, but I'm always looking at where you could actually be. Right. If you have one, if you have the right um, um, guidance, the people that's around you, that's supporting you, I like to know who's supporting you. Are you out in these streets doing this by yourself? When I see someone who have a great foundation of people that are supporting them, that's with them, I know that they're going to, one, they're going to be respectful. They're going to uphold their word. So one example I'm going to tell you um, is is actually is Cashflow of Harlem. He was one of our first artists um, that came on board. And um, at first I was like, okay, he came, he was committed, and, you know, he was there. But then I saw that he had his father that was with him mm. and his father. And then he had somebody else that was also with him and everywhere cash flow went, his father was right there. Anything that um, I had asked of cash flow, cash flow was like, I got you. I'm going to be there. And, but his father was also making, was in his life to uphold, like to, you know, keep, keep him accountable to his word. Mm -hmm. And those are the individuals that I like to kind of work with us because those are the individuals that are going to be able to impart those words of wisdom in our kids because Mm -hmm. they understand what it it. is. They're Mm -hmm. living it. You Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? So that was very powerful. So I look for all of those things. So, I mean, right now it has in the beginning, it, that was originally how I literally brought on people. Um, you know, now it has definitely grown and, uh, we do have a talent, um, booker, (laughs) the person (laughs) that books the talent. Mm -hmm. However, um, that, that, that sets precedent. That is very important. I let Mm. everyone know that's a part of our team. This is what we're looking for. Mm. Um, and then when they come on the stage and they perform, I want to know that you're not just up here, just rapping or singing. What is it that you have to say? What's your voice? What's your message? Mm -hmm. Or not just like, okay, now all you kids pull out your phone when they're not supposed to pull out the phone and follow me at da, 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 da. So that you could build your followers off of little 12, 13 year old kids, you know? Right. I mean, that's going to be a given. And we, I mean, that's something that we encourage. That's that's, promotion. But that's not not the end. That's the end. That's that's at the end of the show. Exactly. <laughs> what is your actual talent that right. you're sharing? Imparting? What's your talent and what's your message? What's mm-hmm. your voice? What kind of words you're going to impart into out into the next generation? That is important. So with all of that, that's you got to come correct. Mm-hmm. Like you have to come correct. And the vision that we have for the Urban Block Party is um, we talked about this a lot. I mean, we've gone to a lot of schools in New York City. We would like to go even more. Um, but we want to kind of package it up and take it to city to city other schools they need this mm-hmm. um and um so we were we've been able to go we went out to la um our first year we were able to go to a, a, a whole bunch of schools in la excuse me and um that was great that was a real fun time uh, we also went to boston nice. uh, we went to a couple schools in boston and then we also went to new jersey mm-hmm. um and that was through relationships they knew we were doing an urban block party they kind of set up the schools um all we needed to kind of have to do was pick a certain amount of artists and then, you know, fly out. So that was early on, we mm-hmm. were getting requests. So now it's all about, you know, kind of building the brand and, you know, cause you know, you're out there, people still don't really know at the time, but now people are kind of like, they're kind of on it now. So, yeah. right. So you mentioned, um, being from Brooklyn, living in Brooklyn, raised, and then now raising your kids in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two questions. So uh, the first one is, did you always know that you wanted to have kids? And then, um, and if 
like what age basically um and then how did you know that you wanted to raise your kids in brooklyn yeah so you know when you're a young girl you always think about oh not in this economy. Yeah, oh, not, not in this economy. No, no, not no, in no. This presidency. Yeah, I'm like, oh wait. So we got the. They cost a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the healthcare, the food, <laughs> the politics. The politics. My children gonna be black. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So it, it's difficult because, I mean, when I'm talking about, like, even when you're, like, even before you in, in college years and stuff like that, like, you just, it's like a natural thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to have kids. You know, mm-hmm. you play with your Barbie dolls. You're like, oh, I want to have kids. So I always said that I always wanted to have two kids. Um, whatever God blessed me with, he blessed me with. But I always was like, okay, I always envision a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have. Bless. <laughs> a boy and a girl, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, you know. Um, but, um. Yeah, I, because I grew up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn has changed from the time I grew up, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't know where I wanted to live. And, what, you know, when I got married, it was just, you know, Derek and I, we were just trying to figure it out. We stayed in, um, when we first got married, um, our first co-op uh, apartment was actually in Brownsville. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were there for about three years. And then we moved um, and we didn't move too far. <laughs> We're like in East Flatbush now, but um, but yeah, I I love Brooklyn, and I really do. Even even through the changes that it has actually <laughs> that has happened over the course of, course of a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, I'm still I'm still for Brooklyn, and I think that the schools are are great. Um, you know, my kids, they go to a public school, they go to a really great public school that actually prepares them for, um, for junior high school and um, for high school. So I'm really happy. They're a part of a great, um, gifted program. So they're in the gifted classes. So I know that they, they're getting what they mm-hmm. need. Um, but you got to look for that. You got to look yeah, for that. You yeah. can't, you know, you can't put them in any school, but you just got to look. A lot of parents is like, well, how do you know, you know, it's a public school. How do you know it's a good school? I'm like, listen. You do your research and you be present. Mm. You come up to the school. You speak to the principal, the assistant principal. You speak to everyone. Ask mm. questions. You ask mm-hmm. questions. And ask the other parents and that are around, other the parents. other mothers, you know. Exactly. You can't just be like, oh, well, that's the school because it's down the block. No. You yeah, zone know. schools is probably not the right school right. sometimes. <laughs> right. right. Well, we lucked out, though. We got mm. a really great school. Mm. <laughs> and it was a zone school. So, mm. but, yeah, I mean, I didn't know I was going to raise my kids in Brooklyn. Um, and, and now that I think about it, I'm actually happy that I'm raising my children in Brooklyn because I want them to see, um, I want them to kind of see the diversity. I want them mm-hmm. to kind of feel the culture, the, yeah. you know, just being in Brooklyn and we travel a lot. So my kids have been all over the place. So, um, and I, I, I encourage that. My thing is, is like, we can be from Brooklyn, live in Brooklyn, but we don't have to stay right. on the block all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bring Brooklyn I, to other places. Bring right. Brooklyn to other places. Like my kids last year, last summer, we went to Disney World. They went to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They went to LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were all over the place. Yeah. So, so I th- I just encourage that. Um, so there's there's nothing wrong with living and growing in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Most <laughs> I feel like and then also like changing landscape. There you you're experiencing so many different things that you know the same t- over time or during the same times. It's mm-hmm. like it's amazing how much like c- coming from college and coming back. I'm like wow, this is not what I thought it was, and or I wish that this was here, but this changed from my childhood. Um, you know, and then also still seeing like 
staples of your your childhood here so right. like your schools and your teachers mm-hmm. and all of those people that are still here so it's like that mix of culture like you were talking about the is culture so, is so important, important. yeah and I, mm-hmm. I love my kids to kind of experience every part we go to every part of brooklyn every part mm-hmm. we eat we go out we have a great time there's always something that can be done like these are city kids i call them city kids <laughs> <laughs> they know it for sure, for sure. Well, something that's so, another thing that I'm sure that your kids take in a lot is is music. And one thing that's also an indelible part of Urban Black Party, of, I guess, the soundtrack of your life and our lives. I guess it's the soundtrack to Brooklyn in general. But new music is something that we always highlight. So the song that we highlighted this week um, was Catch Your Eye from Jussie Smollett and actually Swiss Beats, which I'm so happy to hear Swiss Beats on a track as opposed to only hearing his production style, which is so um, iconic. But it's not even more so about the new music portion of it or the actual song. But I actually wanted to talk about um, Jussie Smollett and just thinking about him as being you know, people thought knew him as Jamal first from Empire and things like that. And I know you you also have relationships with a lot of amazing artists who do a lot of amazing things and are, have their hands in a lot of different baskets. Um, I guess I wanted to talk to you about the the first thing in terms of music was the idea of having a music career and then doing other things. Do you think that that's always possible for an artist? Um, and what is that thing that's going to allow them to be an actor, but also be an entrepreneur, but also be a business person, but then also stay connected to their music because I think Jesse does a good job of having his voice but then also being an actor and some people have struggled to to distinguish the two for him and I think with this new project he's been able to set them apart from each other but I guess you can speak more to that having worked with so many different artists as well yeah I mean I always say you are a business you know, you are a brand and most businesses, they have um, different um, legs, you know, and as long as you are being true and authentic to yourself and mm-hmm. who you are, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, as an artist, you can fall into different pockets. You know, you don't have to kind of be set in one box, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I appreciate that about Jesse. I also appreciate like, you know, you have like artists like, you know, um, um, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. you know, who is, oh my goodness, like yeah. he's rapping, he's Quadruple a comedian, threat. he's an actor, mm. he's like, he's doing, a writer, I mean, he's a he's, writer. And it's just like, yeah. whoa, you know, yeah. back in the day, not even back in the day, like only like 10 years ago, you know, we were looking at um, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And what he's done, because mm-hmm. he's like another Jamie Foxx. Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx got, you know, he was a comedian. He Everything. was on In Living Color. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a TV show. But he knew he can sing. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, you know, showcased that, on, his, that on the show. On, on the, the show. Jamie Foxx show with the jingles. With the jingles, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's also plays an instrument. And then you started seeing him doing some real movies. And then, you know. Then his songs, songs that came out. came out. So, and, you know, producing and everything. So I'm, I feel like, you know, we're not, we're meant to be on this earth to kind of showcase everything right. that mm-hmm. God has given us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All the talents, everything that we have. Mm-hmm. So why not put it out there? Why not go out there and be creative? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and think of yourself as a brand, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, hey, you like that, but I got something else for you. I got something else that I can, you know, that I can do. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself in a box. I think sometimes, um, you know, 
artists, they do that. You they want to be purists. Some of them are like, I don't want to do all the gimmicky stuff. I just want to make my music. Right. And that's great. You can do that. Um, but I feel like within the 21st century that we're living in right now in 2018, mm-hmm. um, you got to do, you, you got to do some, you got to do some more. Which is very interesting. Which is very interesting because Jussie's character on empire jamal actually wants to be the purist he's like i don't want to do all this extra stuff for the family for the business for like, I just the empire i just yep. want to make my music i want to be a, i want to have an anonymous band that just so happens to be so good that they recently they were like in terms of the show they were the number one streamed song and then the father um terrence howard asked him to now reveal the whole band and he was like I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna put us in jeopardy. We're all about our music, and then he eventually succumbs and does it, right. which is also mixed in with wanting to please his dad because of a lot of different things in their mm-hmm. past and things like that. But I mean, there has to be a balance, right, in terms of thinking about being the purist and then also wanting to be multifaceted. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that when you're an artist, you're always creating. You know, you're constantly creating, um, and you know, you may. Um, start creating in one area and then you know you may realize oh I I can start creating in another area but there is there is definitely balance Mm -hmm. um and how you find that balance the thing is is that you don't want to stretch yourself thin Mm -hmm. and that's is what I talk about you know it's great to have multiple streams of income but you have to one establish one area first Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the um, individuals that we've talked about they've done that they've been able to kind of establish themselves in one specific area before they moved on to the next and then it seems like everything is happening all at one time because you know that's just how time kind of goes but the fact of the matter is is like we seen jesse he was acting you know yeah. what i'm saying and then over time then we realize you know okay he has you know he has this ability to sing and he can do this and then later on you start seeing you know music coming out and he's you know producing and writing music and singing so i feel like you know get yourself um you know get yourself kind of i wouldn't say established but at least kind of hone on to your skills that you have mm-hmm. in one area mm-hmm. um and then start making those necessary steps in another area to start you know playing in that sandbox right, right. and see like, what that looks like yeah it's like right. using your previous gift or the gift that people know you for as the launch pad for the next thing that you right, want to showcase next, exactly and that's how i tell people when you have your businesses you you can't they can't be too far from each other right, mm-hmm. right right so you know it is just you have to kind of like figure that out and and work that out and you know and kind of plan it at the yeah. same time I guess my last little quick question about music is connected to the kitties again. Um, with the kitties and Cardi B just had a, a tweet today and we're <laughs> going to go into Black Girl Lit right after this. So there's a great segue. But Cardi was talking about how like it's so funny how, um, you know, her songs say like the her Bodak Yellow lyrics have some profanity in it and stuff like that. It's been an anthem. But like, let not let's not be confused by the fact that like people were singing "My Neck, My Back," you know, when <laughs> they were little on. and they didn't know. Get your freak on, you know what I'm Trust saying? They didn't me. know Uchi oh. Wally, Uchi oh. Bang Bang. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Take it back to like, you know, the the stuff that I used to hear when I was young at my daughter's age. Vitamin um, S. But th- that was when I was a teen. I'm talking about even the stuff. Um, what's the song that we um that's, <laughs> <laughs> and it was something about um. 
something about um, secrets or something like that. And it was mm-hmm. like my mom and dad was playing the song. So this mm-hmm. was like in the 80s, but I'm singing it out loud. Don't even know what the true meaning of the song is. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got older. I was like, my mom and dad heard me singing this song loud and they mm-hmm. didn't say anything about it. But I mean, it wasn't as raunchy. I think as, that's you what know. it yeah, is. Yeah, because how yep. do you balance that now for your children? Right. So the thing is, is that yeah, I'm see, I'm a, I'm a type of my I like I have to have balance. Um, I felt like I had balance in my life. Uh, my parents they they allowed me to listen to certain music and you know. Um, I never forget. Oh my goodness, this will be the great. <laughs> um, so I was an Onyx fan, and mm. they had this um, song, you know, Slam back in the day, and I love that song. But I actually had got a poster, and I don't know where I got the poster from. And the poster, I put the poster on my wall, and I knew what it said, and it 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 it, it said backed f up. But they mm-hmm. it, they didn't spell it out. Mm-hmm. It, it was spelt, you know, left but off the, a couple of yeah. wor- letters and things of that nature. I never forget my dad walked inside the room and he saw this. He was like, and he read it like I was like he wasn't gonna <laughs> get what that really meant. And he was like, take this down. This is inappropriate, <laughs> you know. So things like that. But they still, you know, they didn't say I couldn't listen to the song. I mean, they they just was like, you know, discretion. Certain, discretion. My mm-hmm. having it up on my wall was just unnecessary. It was like overkill. <laughs> so I. You know, my kids, they know all the latest dances. They know how to Millie Rock. They know how to do all of that stuff. Get it. Hey, dad. David. Um, they Get even it. know some Get of the, the, the lyrics for the Cardi B, Bodak Yellow, because, you know, we're always in our car, um, and I listen to music, and they, they know it. They pick it up. They have their friends and things of that nature. Um, one thing I always want to have is the balance. Mm-hmm. So there are days that we do listen to Hot 97 or, you know, 105 because they're, they're also kids. So right. at the end of the day, I always feel like it. they need to know what's yeah. going on. Right. You know, I, you never want to have a friend of yours like, oh, Yo, you didn't hear that song? <laughs> like, no, I don't know that song. I never heard that song. Because it was like, my children got to be on. They got to be, be in the loop. They got to be in the loop. So I, that's just how I was raised. Like, I was like, you heard the, the newest Snoop Dogg song like that came out in 1995. Mm-hmm. I was on that. Like, mm-hmm. I knew everything. So... Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we listen to gospel music, so they know all of those songs. Mm-hmm. We, I'm a big jazz lover. People don't know mm. I listen to jazz in my house, so well-rounded. They listen to, they listen to Miles Davis, yes. John Coltrane, Kenny G, Najee. They listen yes. to all of these type of music. I'm also, I used to listen to a lot of alternative music, and when I was in high school. I still play these music like now. Mm-hmm. So they are, they every single time they're like, mommy, can we listen to some music from the 90s? Aww. And they want to hear, and they want to hear, um, you know, SWV, and, and they want to hear, um, oh my gosh, um, New Edition. Yes. And you know, this is how we do So they love that stuff. So I, I want my children to be well-rounded. I need, they, the, and that's a part of, you know, my husband and I, we're like, listen, everything is kind of, um, um, I can say it's like curated, mm. <laughs> you know, we're going to like curate all of the content and all the music and everything that they listen to because we want them to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Okay. So we'll, um, 
jump right over to our next segment and that's black women can and can't but we will um and it's a it's a little long of a title but basically it's talking about um the the misconceptions of black women as well as like the the different capabilities and the versatility of black women and thinking about how we can overcome stereotypes how some stereotypes don't even apply um and so one thing i wanted to bring up this episode was the idea of detoxing social media detoxing um we talk about being on making sure we you know know the latest of things um and so that's not only with music but that's like social media what are the celebrities up to you know as someone in um journalism you still have to like have that presence but what happens when you need to practice um that self-care yeah self-care is so important i just spoke about that on a women's panel um on a business panel in new jersey um, last month and that is something that had happened. I literally, the day before I had to go to speak that um, the, the, that Saturday, I literally was in a hospital. I was in an emergency room because wow. uh, I was dehydrated and it was not good. And um, But I still made it to Newark, New Jersey to speak. And, and I told the ladies there, I was like, look, as you're hustling and bustling and you are working and you're trying to, you know, be it, do all, you mm-hmm. know, wear all hats. You know, for your kids, for your husband, for your for your business, for your work, you have to take care of yourself. That is first and foremost. You're not going to be good for nobody else if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not being good to yourself. Mm -hmm. So detoxing. It's important. Um, I started working out again. People's like, well, you're so skinny. Why are you working out? Because Health. I can't even get up a flight of stairs <laughs> without like yes, almost like I'm to have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't mean that I'm fit, you right. know? So working out um, has been really, really great. Uh, meditation, yoga, um, myself. And I just started dragging my husband along to do yoga because yeah. he needs it as well. Um, those things are just a detox, detox, you know, it just kind of gets your mind in a place of relaxation and just clear mind. It's so much stuff that goes on in your head. Um, you know, when I have like business, I'm constantly on it when it comes to business and, you know, meetings and yeah, yeah. this it's, deal yeah, Instagram and this contract, is on fleet. Instagram everything. Is on fleet. <laughs> Instagram, you know, but sometimes as far as social media is concerned, what I've done is I've never... And this is just personally for me. I never actually, you know, so you have, the, I have those friends that's like, I'm like trying to find them or tag them on Instagram or or, or on um, Facebook and they're nowhere to be found. Right. And I'm like, okay, so you're not on Facebook this month. Oh no, I'm not on Facebook. I just need a relaxation, which is perfect, which is fine. But I'm like, okay, so for me, what I do is I just don't go on it. Mm-hmm. You'll see me post maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I mentally say, okay, I'm only going to put one post up a week. And, you know, now does that mean I'm scrolling? I may be scrolling. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't consume me. I don't, it's not my, every single day I have to have my phone. I'm looking on Instagram and social media, things mm-hmm. like of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to miss things. That's a part, that's a start of your detoxing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can do the extreme way where you like take yourself off of social media and you're like, I need a break, mm-hmm. you know, I need a break. I need to maybe just be able to have real conversations with people, maybe just get together with a couple Back of my to the basics. Back to the basics, right. you know, call up a friend. Hey, I just, I miss your voice. How are you doing? you know so i've done that in the past you know i've just been like you know what i'm not gonna go on social media which is dope because Kristen actually is gonna she found something that was really dope on instagram about 
smartphone detoxing. Yep, it's a seven day smartphone detox. Um, Monday would be so and it's not from so, Brie Danielle. Yep, um, she who is actually plant based Brie, who is also a host on Carefree Black Girl. Girl. Yeah, which is a podcast that's actually out of this network too. Oh, nice, yeah. awesome. Yep, and, and she's so, currently a PhD student. Oh, yeah, she's working. Yeah, working. Black Girl magic. Yes. <laughs> um, and so yeah, the seven day smartphone detox um doesn't all um completely surround social media so the first would be um unfollowing people on monday um posts images tweets that disturb your energy so it, even if you are like someone that scrolls it's like uh this specific post is like not what i'm feeling or these specific people maybe they've been posting a lot of negativity that i'm really not into unfollow block etc i've been um, mindful of that a lot. <laughs> Tuesday, turn no, off. No, but also the unsubscribing to the unuseful mailing. Oh emailing. yeah, I subscribe a lot. You know when we always were buying we stuff, we're shopping. They're like, what's we your want, email? We want to get that fifty percent off in the beginning, and yeah. then Toby or Adidas or email you seven times a day. Seven times a day. Well, you got to organize your email, so I have that like under promotions and all all of that stuff. Like it's mm -hmm. not in my main. So email if you're thing. interested in, if you I'm go interested, I'll go it. on it. But I barely go on it. I got uh, like a like more than a thousand, probably mm -hmm. like ten thousand of emails of that, and mm -hmm. I don't even go. One. that's smart yeah. mm -hmm. um tuesday would be turning all push notifications off no email until noon is that possible with multiple business ventures no email till noon? yeah well no emails yep till, till noon, noon. <laughs> <laughs> like, face is like wait. i don't know what that no, is no i mean i'll do no um notifications for you know social media mm -hmm. until a certain time because yeah. i don't really need to see that um, but as far as emails are concerned, that's a little bit difficult. Like I'm right. emailing literally from the time I'm waking up in the morning, mm -hmm. um, following up with things and I'm, while I'm getting the kids ready for school. Like, so, cause that's my work. It's my business, work yeah. is business. Yeah. So I got to do business where I got to do business. What I do yeah. is I do, do not disturb from 10 PM until seven. And sometimes I don't go to bed until like a little bit after 11. So if I know it's like something coming from Kristen or somebody else that's like actually important, then I'll answer. <laughs> Thank but God then important. I don't see the notifications for everything else. So then I don't worry about that. And I tell myself, but that's because I don't have the multiple businesses yet, <laughs> um, that I don't answer emails until 9 a.m. But that's early. 9 a.m.? Because, but... I but you know I wake up at five thirty right six thirty yeah but I I'm I'm so glad that you did the nine a.m. because Christine would literally be sending emails at five a.m. and I'm like no one is awake at your <laughs> at this yeah, hour yeah but now what I do at five thirty five a.m. is I wake up I read my devotion I am in love with Meditate. the incense lavender lavender eucalyptus is a line on this show now um, <laughs> shout out to Big Sean um, but just diffusing the air before I actually start adding things to the air and that's good and at, you need to kind of get into that routine and that's the best thing to do because you know it's different like now that you're 22 you have to do that mm -hmm. you know do it for yourself as you get older things change mm -hmm. you know True. i'm waking up six o'clock six thirty in the morning to somebody saying mommy i need I <laughs> to do this so it's a little bit different mm -hmm. so um even for m the mothers that's out there that are doing it what I need to, you know, make sure they understand is like taking that time for devotional, taking that time for 10 minutes. It could be 10 to 15 yeah. minutes um, before you get up, even get up earlier than the kids just to have a moment for yourself. Yeah. Because once the kids are up, then you're running and mm. then you have running into work and everything else. Excellent. Okay, what's for Wednesday, Kristen? Wednesday, no apps until noon, no phones in bed. The no phones in bed. That's hard. That is hard. I think that's a good one, though. Because, like, if you said it, if you're like, okay, I'm getting into bed at 10 o'clock, then it's like, you Why know? do you need to do not? Yeah, just right. put it over there, go charge. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's very difficult, and it's not good. And I, I'm very guilty of that. I will be my phone will be literally underneath my pillow, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wake up in the morning. I'm like, "Where's my phone?" Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I'll charge it in the morning because mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, I can you know at least get two hours of charging." But yeah, mm-hmm. that's something. And you know what? And that's you know what it is is actually becoming that TV. Remember, you know, back in the yeah. day, the TV, the TV was always on, running, yep. always on. It's like the phone, so you like the phone is like right here. And I was like two asleep. inches away from you. you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, what's for Thursday? Thursday, we have no phones before bed or after 10 p.m. and deleting unused contacts. Unused contacts. How does that work? Because you know so many people over the course of yeah. your careers and also your personal life and stuff like that. Do you delete contacts? No, I haven't deleted any contacts. I mean, I've deleted, like, followers or people, mm-hmm. you know, people yeah. that just have bad energy. Um, but as far as, like... Like your personal contact book, like, in your phone of numbers. In my phone, yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I, I really... I. Let me tell you, it's really difficult to try to keep, because, you know, when you switch <laughs> phones and then mm. some stuff gets saved and... Then you got because that, that happened to me literally um, when I got, I got an iPhone from the Android. Well, yeah, you know. team iPhone. <laughs> iPhone, now, yes. And um, I realized like some of my numbers didn't like you know save oh, over. Mm-hmm. So I got people like texting me, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but who is this? You know, you have to do that. So yeah, yeah it's, it's you know I, I like to keep all my numbers because you just never know, right? You mm-hmm. know, and then you re- but the thing is that you sometimes you forget. So you meet you see somebody in the street and like, oh, look, what's your number? And then you start. You know, so it's kind of weird, but you know, I, I don't really do that because I don't have people just randomly calling me either. True. That makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. do you delete text messages like clear space, you know, just like. Yeah, if it's new. if it's yeah if it's if it's overloading all the stuff, yeah, I would you know delete text. I set mine to automatically delete things that are from a year ago. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how that's gonna do well because a lot of things have happened in this past year, and then I don't want to lose those. Things. That's true. Are you gonna unchange it? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to deal with it. All right. So Friday would be deleting old photos and unused apps, and sorting notes and deleting unnecessary memos. That one's- I don't. I don't know about the deleting old photos one. We store our stuff up to Google Photos, so mm-hmm. then we have a cloud. I yeah. think that should just be changed with put things to the cloud and anything you don't need in the cloud deleted. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I keep all that stuff as well. I put it in the cloud. Memories. Yeah. 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 Apparently, Relly doesn't like the cloud. I know. <laughs> I know. He's like, what is that? Yeah. It's all out there. I mean, you got to get all with out it. there. I'm yeah, it's out there. Yeah. You got to get with it. Um, and then Saturday, we have no social media. Leave your phone at home while running errands. It's just allowing you, for example, not all your errands. What if you, I don't know when you do your grocery shopping, but let's say instead of, I mean, maybe you have your grocery list on your phone, but like. Being able to go to the, Maybe to the write store without. I just did grocery phone. shopping before I got before I um, came home mm-hmm. and while the kids were home because Derek. See, my schedule is so flexible, so mm-hmm. you know my grocery shopping is not just on a like one day type mm-hmm. of thing. If I'm running out of food, I'm like if I have you know some time, a good hour and a half, run to the I'll store. I'll run to the mm-hmm. store and go mm-hmm. to food shopping, but. Those are the times that I like to actually have my phone only because, you know, that's the time when I, it's like a leisure time, like food Mm. shopping, laundry, Mm. um, going, running errands, you know, shopping for clothes. Like that's the time where I feel like I is a downtime Mm -hmm. and I can like, you know, play on my 
play on social media, yeah. you know, and do that stuff. But when I'm in meetings and, you know, I'm at work and trying to put together deadlines for proposals and things of that nature, like I, that's the time that I don't need any type of interaction with my phone. Mm-hmm. So. And then the last day, Sunday, turn off notifications. So that's completely. And no phone until 6 p.m. Yeah, That's no, hard. I mean, I mean, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's, it, listen, I mean, there is a time, I think, you know, you, you'll you know when you need to have a, a full detox, mm-hmm. a seven-day detox right. of that. And then that will definitely come in handy. Um, when you, and this is how you know, when you are sitting there and, you know, you're looking around and you're seeing other people getting things done. Right. Executing mm-hmm. on their the projects that they're doing. And you're like, okay, why am I stuck? And why am I not doing anything? Why do I feel like such in a fog? That's going to be the time for you to put your social media stuff down, put your phone down and get focused. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, start executing, you know, these projects and, mm-hmm. and getting things done. So you'll know when you're going to need that detox. Um, but sometimes you can, you know, if you are a good balancer, you can balance it out, then by all means do it. If not, then, you know, you have to kind of have some sort of self-discipline. Most yeah. definitely. It could be a good spring cleaning, you know, like, yeah. or, or, or back to your new year's resolutions, you yeah. know, like, okay, like, mm-hmm. where am I? How, what have I accomplished? Um, you know, writing down, okay, what, what did I want to do that I didn't get done? And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so here's, here's what I'll start with doing. I'll yeah. do the seven day smartphone detox, mm-hmm. figure it out from there. I yeah. normally I also block block some of my family members too. <laughs> or from, yeah, I block them from calling at a certain time. Okay, that's a um, whole fact. It like and it'll go straight to voicemail or something like that because what I've realized is that you know family can be draining sometimes um, because you know their their expectations is just like you can you're gonna do whatever no limits I have. no There's boundaries no, limits, no boundaries. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. So family sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, certain family, like if it's, you know, my thing is, is like, um, you know, certain family members, I kind of like block because they're, they, one, they already, they always have bad energy and they're always calling you because something had happened that you, you know, they just Mm want to gossip about something that's going on in the family. I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. So that's what I will do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you can find more detoxes. I think. Um, plant-based Brie, Brie Danielle, she has a more, and her website is whereshebegins.com. Where oh, yep. nice. And she's dope. Um, she also, she's blogging about her experience as a PhD student. She talks about relationships, the plant-based lifestyle, and things like that. So, yeah, it's very multifaceted. Yes, yes, I yes. love that. Um, so, we're gonna, um, wrap up the show with a quick little game. We're gonna just be, um, flying out topics to you, um, shooting out topics to you, and you'll be able to just tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. If you have a small explanation, you can give it to us, but more than that, it's more like a quick fire just oh, to okay. sum up everything. Cause yeah. I think it's been so amazing to have you on the show and just to get a little bit more about you, um, but also about who you are as an individual. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first one is favorite borough. Brooklyn. <laughs> favorite place to eat in New York. Oh my goodness. Oh, I got to think about that. Oh, oh okay. Um it's called Modoka. Um I'm sorry. Mogadar. It's in it? Williamsburg. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Song, first song you would play in the morning. Um it would be gosh, what song would I play in the morning? It would be a, a jazz song. It would be something from Kenny G. Okay. Uh, favorite color? Purple. Ooh, that was fast. That's smart. I'm telling you, alignment. It's royalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. White rice or brown rice? White rice. Chicken or steak? 
chicken. Black beans or pinto beans. We trying to put together your chipotle. Oh, black, black beans. beans. <laughs> <laughs> so if you heard black that, beans. she's a white rice, chicken, black beans type of girl. Yes. Okay. Um, what's the first thing you'd buy if you had Oprah Knowles, Carter, Gates, Bezos money? So that's a lot of money. <laughs> I would buy a building. Mm. A building. Yeah. Like a um for for affordable buildings for apartment about for affordable homes, affordable mm-hmm. apartments in New York City. I would buy a building. Yeah. And try to build on and buy more buildings. That's beautiful. That's the first thing I buy. Buy the block. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite season? Spring. Where would you go to retire? Oh, Malibu. <laughs> we talked about this already. California, yes. I want to go to California, Malibu. Okay. And the last one is um this could be a little bit lengthy but just like maybe a nice sentence thoughts on the recent fab situation in terms of like relationships and just thinking about being in the limelight with your significant other um and just the treatment of your significant other yeah it's sad i hate to see like couples go through you know situations like that um and i've met both of them actually i've interviewed fab and um i've you know been in a lot of you know places with um emily so um it's 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 a sad it's a sad situation um but i feel like um men should always be able to one they should control themselves um if they don't like a situation um they should never put their hands on a woman Mm -hmm. um and um and i feel for women um if you are ever in an abusive relationship that they should know that it's never okay to stay. You don't have to stay mm-hmm. in that relationship. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to leave, mm-hmm. and um, and you just you should be okay with that. So um, you know that's that's just my take on it. Um, I you know there's a lot of this this type of things are happening um, with women. You know you got the whole Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and um, so I feel like women right now is it's our season. It's our time mm-hmm. to stand up. Um, to voice, you know, have a voice, um, things that we will tolerate and we will not tolerate. Mm-hmm. And it's it's our job to kind of, it's our job to do what's right because we have the younger generation that's looking at us mm-hmm. and they're looking at us and they're kind of saying, okay, what are you going to do? Right. What are you doing right now right. to make it better? And I think that that's so a fitting of a way to connect it back to where we started with talking about Urban Block Party and you being able to shout out where we can find Urban Block Party on the social media, website, and things like that because Urban Block Party is teaching that to not only the young women but also to the um, the young men. Um, so can you let us know where, where we, can we can find, find you? you? Well, you can find me. I'm on social media <laughs> until I go on my detox. <laughs> I'll, be on it. I'll be like Cardi B. I'll detox for a little bit. And delete uh, <laughs> Delete pictures. <laughs> I'm like, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can find me at um, KKWebster23 on um, Instagram. And yeah, and I kept that name because I was just like, you know, I don't need to change it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was telling me, "Oh, change it," because it's you know, it's KK Webster. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very hood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then if you want to follow Urban Block Party, you can follow um, on Instagram at Urban Block Party. And the website is is it UrbanBlockPartyTour.com? Um, you can go to that one there. Um, we do have another one. Um, hold on, let me. <laughs> We do have another website that you can actually go on. 
Okay. Yeah, so you can go to ubpx.odaep.nyc. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kalila. Thank you, ladies, thank for you, having me. You. you you ladies are amazing. I just I see like great things happening with you with you too because I mean y'all graduated from college you're dope you're doing great things you're in your field you know that's exactly what it is that mm -hmm. you want to do and you're making it happen so I, I know that you know this is just the beginning um and you have so much more to kind of like look forward to mm -hmm. as you you know continue on with your journey in whatever it is that you want to do media you know music everything um being a voice a, a, a you know a powerhouse Thank black girl you. magic thank you thank, thank you, you for thank having you. me thank you and so we're going to tune, tune out of <laughs> the, the takeover, takeover with Kristen, christine and kalila bye y'all